This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the One who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, our gospel for today is one of the most beloved stories in the New Testament. In fact, we can find an account of this scene in all four of the gospels, which is very rare, by the way, that a scene is recounted in all four. Well, here's one of them. Jesus' feeding of the 5,000. This event must have struck them with great power because it's so central in the Gospels and it's been so central really in our tradition for artists and for poets and for preachers. This scene really bears a lot of careful reading and careful commentary. I want you to know something first, how darkly this account begins. Listen to how Matthew describes it. When Jesus heard of the death of John the Baptist, he withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself. The crowds heard of this and followed him on foot from their towns. The story opens with news of the death of John the Baptist. In some ways, Jesus is continuing the ministry of John, baptizing and preaching repentance. So he's heard that this colleague of his has just been killed. Jesus withdraws. Well, there's something frightening here at the beginning, something menacing and threatening. I think those who have a biblical mind would see in this all kinds of Old Testament overtones. Christians, how often the prophets and patriarchs of the Old Testament were threatened. Whether it's Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, Elijah, Moses, again and again, those who speak the Word of God find themselves under threat from a sinful world. So here's Jesus withdrawing after the death of John the Baptist. Then the people, attracted by his power, his charisma, the people come out by thousands to look for him. And they find themselves with him in a deserted place. Now, again, for biblically-minded people. This large crowd, thousands of people in a deserted place. Well, calls to mind Israel, having left Egypt in search of the promised land, now finding itself a bit adrift, lost in a desert place. The threatened prophet, the wandering people. Very, very powerful Old Testament motifs as this story begins. How does it unfold? Well, the disciples realize the problem. Jesus has been healing and teaching this crowd in a deserted place, and there are thousands of them. Evening comes on, and they say, Lord, dismiss the crowds so that they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. Notice something here. The movement of sin is always in the direction of dispersion. 
the Greek word diabolain, from which our word devil comes. Think of diablo in Spanish, diablo in French. Diabolain means to scatter. Scattering is always the work of the dark power. Scattering is always the work of sin. The disciples here, in some ways, maybe unwittingly, against their own best intentions, but nevertheless, are speaking the language of sin. Lord, send them away. Dismiss them. So they can get some food for themselves. Every man for himself. There's the voice of sin. What's the voice of grace? Bearing each other's burdens in love. That's the voice of grace. That's the voice of God's kingdom. That's the voice of God's communion. But this tendency to say, split them up. Let every man fend for himself. There's the permanent danger in the church. But Jesus, as always, is the voice of communio, communion, compassion, together. Listen to what he says. There is no need for them to go away. Give them some food for yourselves. First of all, no breaking up of the group. Even when they're in danger. So these people are threatened. They're in an isolated place. They're hungry. There's no food available. They're in danger. Our first instinct is to dispel the crowd, disperse the crowd. Jesus says, no, especially now, we hang together. Especially now, we stay as one. But then, that wonderful and deeply challenging instruction. Give them some food yourselves. Remember, they had said, let them go and buy food for themselves in the villages. Let them go do it. The Lord says, no, no, in the communio of the kingdom of God. We bear each other's burdens in love. We don't say, that's your problem. It's our problem. We don't say, well, that's your joy and I'm jealous of it. No, we say, that's our joy. We're in this together. You know, I often think about this in terms of our own situation. How often do you hear somebody say, you know, what the church ought to do is X, Y, and Z. Somebody ought to take care of this. Here's what they should do. Well, in all these cases, it's someone in the church abdicating responsibility. Vatican II said, we're the church. We're the people of God. Well, good. But listen, there's a responsibility attached to that. That means you can't just say there's a problem. Now you take care of it. You bishops, you cardinals, you the pope. No, heck, we're the church. The Lord says, now you give them something to eat. You do something to solve this problem. God loves dispensing his providence through secondary causes. That's the way Thomas Aquinas would put it. This is what he means. God gives us the privilege of participating in his own providence. You do something about it. You take the steps needed. Remember back in the old Christian family movement in the 50s and 60s? There was that principle, see, judge, and act. In other words, open your eyes. Look, what's going on in society, in the church? See it. Secondly, judge. Judge. Make a determination. What do we need? 
Then thirdly, act. You act. You do something about it. That's all contained, I think, in this beautiful command of Jesus. You give them something to eat. Now, what do the disciples do? They say, well, Lord, I mean, all we've got are five loaves and two fish. There are 5,000 people here, not counting women and children. So we're supposed to do something. we got five loaves and two fish. Now explain that one to us. What does Jesus say? Give them to me. And then he multiplies them in such a way that every person is fed, is filled, and in fact, there are 12 baskets left over. Spiritual lesson, you give what you have, even if it's very little, to Christ. It will be multiplied. You give Christ your mind, your will, your energy, your compassion, even if they're very small, even if it's only you and a couple of friends, you give it to Christ and you will find that the whole thing becomes multiplied for his purposes. Jesus wants us to cooperate with him, yes, and we do it by giving even the little that we've got and we'll be shocked and surprised to find the effect that it has in the world. What's the worst thing we can do? Is hang on to even the little that we have. And then say to the rest, you go fend for yourselves. No, give away even that little pittance. You'll be surprised what Christ can do with it. Do you ever think, Christians, every major movement in the history of the church began small, began with five loaves and a couple of fish. Think of Francis of Assisi. This little simple poor man. Here's the command. Francis, rebuild my church. And so he goes. And he finds a church near his hometown of Assisi. And he begins literally rebuilding it with his own hands. People are so impressed by his witness, by his life, by his poverty, they join him in building this church. They form themselves into a little band which then gets approval to be a religious order, which then grows and grows and grows and now covers the whole world and has done enormous good for Christ and his church. Where did it start? It started with one man giving the little that he had, the little of his imagination, his energy, his time, his mind, but he gave it all to Christ. What did Christ do with it? He multiplied it, multiplied it, multiplied it. So now it feeds the world. Think of Ignatius of Loyola back in the 16th century, gathering with a handful of friends whom he met in Paris, and they formed a little company, the Company of Jesus, dedicating themselves to prayer and to doing what the church needed. That little band, over time and through grace, grew into the great society of Jesus, the Jesuit order, which also covers the earth 
has established institutions and foundations all over the world to the benefit of Christ and his church. But it started with five loaves and a couple of fish generously offered to Christ. Think for a second of Mother Teresa. I've told her story before. But this nun in her 30s who left the relative comfort of the high school where she was teaching and she walked into the worst slum in the world and simply began caring for those who were dying? What if someone said to her, well, we have to do something about this crisis in Calcutta. And she were to say, well, who am I to address it? Well, she didn't say that. She just went and began caring for the dying. Soon she was joined by her former students, and then by friends, then by admirers, and now the missionaries of charity, the order she founded, covers the whole world, and its works have been of enormous power in transforming the world and in serving Christ and his church. We could tell these stories ad infinitum. It's the story of how the church works. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It begins very small, but in time it grows into this great tree, and the birds of the air make their nests in it. The kingdom of God is like a boy giving five loaves and a couple of fish to Christ Jesus, and then watching that grow into an enormous power. Friends, can I close with this last minute? First of all, to welcome and to thank the listeners in Cincinnati on WGNZ Radio who have just joined us. They've picked up the word on fire. So welcome to you and good to have you. Also to remind all of my listeners to go onto our website, wordonfire.org, and you can find all of the archives of all these talks I've given for the past year and a half. Also to remind all of you that we do need financial support. If you'd like to support this ministry, write to me or call me, send me a check at... Mundelein Seminary, Mundelein, Illinois, 60060. And make the check out, if you could, to the University of St. Mary of the Lake. If we do this in this small way, I think this ministry, too, can have an enormous power for good in the church. So welcome to the new listeners, and God bless all of you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. To purchase copies of The Word on Fire, call 847-297-4360.